It's Monday, Yud Adar Tafshin Ayin Dalid, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamir, a member of the Pugi group, but he had his own solo career, and this is one of his hits, Atcha Emtsa opens things up on the Israel show on this very Monday morning. Well, I shouldn't say Monday morning, on this very Monday. We welcome you in because it, uh, it, there's no time. We're on the internet. We could be anywhere at any time, in any place in the world. We are here live every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, and we thank you so much for uh, being with us and uh, making us a part of your day. Um, our Facebook page, we just posted a link to the YouTube clip of a Ephraim Shamir song that we played, and we'll do the same for all most of the songs that we'll be playing during the show 
posting on our Facebook page links to YouTube videos and other news stories that we'll be talking about as well during the show. We'll be posting those. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We are up to 192 likes. Yay. We thank you all for your likes and for your participation and um, for being uh, um, really active in making this show the success that it is. So uh, thank you all so very much. We're going to get to some more music soon. I have to share with you an amazing... um, I don't know. Uh, If you're still getting the New York Times, if you're still a subscriber to the New York Times, please just listen to these these little quotes, these two quotes from a recent story that they wrote about the brouhaha, the storm that took place over the Scarlett Johansson and Soda Stream commercial that was on during the Super Bowl. Okay, so this report by Isabel Kirshner, name sounds Jewish, probably is, uh, appeared in the New York Times on January the 30th, 2014. Scarlett Johansson and Oxfam, that's the charity from Britain that's uh, fighting famine around the world, and Scarlett Johansson was one of their spokespeople. Well, they are torn apart by Israeli company deals, says the headline. Here are two parts, two little quotes. But instead of a fizzy drink, says the New York Times, Ms. Johansson, a Hollywood actress, stirred up an international political storm this week because SodaStream's largest factory is in a Jewish settlement in the Israeli-occupied West Bank, an area the Palestinians envision as part of a future independent state. End quote. Okay, let's just, let's just point something out. Nobody who is involved in the negotiations in Israel, even those on the left in Israel, who believe that there is a chance to have some sort of a peace agreement with the Palestinians. Nobody envisions Ma'alad Dumim, which is where this SodaStream factory is. Nobody envisions it as part of a future independent state. What, what, if there'll ever be an agreement, what they believe will happen is that there'll be an exchange, a swap, and that certain areas like Ma'alad Dumim and Gush Etzion and so forth will remain part of Israel, and Israel will take other areas that are equivalent to that and give it away to the uh, Palestinian Authority. So that's, that's number one. That's the easy part. A few paragraphs down, I quote the New York Times, The dispute over the ad, scheduled to air during the Super Bowl on Sunday, has pitted, listen, now here are the two sides that are pitted against each other because of the ad has pitted pro-Palestinian activists against people and groups who support Israel unreservedly. Did you hear the two sides? There's pro-Palestinian activists. That's the one side. And who are the people on the other side? You would imagine it would say pro-Israel activists or Zionist supporters of Israel. No, no. People and groups who support Israel unreservedly. Where does that, how is that any sort of journalism, I ask you? How is that any type of fairness? In, in a report, this isn't an op-ed piece. People that support Israel unreservedly, well, it just so happens that people who are rather critical of Israel, people on the left, find that this 
this brouhaha is ridiculous because the soda stream factory, as we all know by now, employs many, many hundreds of of Palestinian Arabs, and they get equal pay, and they also employ Israeli Arabs, and they get equal pay. It's absolutely, amazingly absurd how the New York Times just doesn't stop. They skew the news. And please, if you, could, if you still are a subscriber to the New York Times, unless you really have a good reason, because you need to, you know, be up to date because you're maybe a world leader in the Jewish community. Other than that, please get rid of it. Stop giving them money. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to have a, mayor, a great Meir Milim segment, I must say. We'll uh, debut some new music, some more stuff by Carney Dodd. We've been playing her, her uh, Shirei Artsy uh, album. And we'll tell you about some interesting legislation that's being worked on in Spain. And it has to do with Sephardim. Sephardim, of course, are Jews that originally came from Spain. The word Sfarad in Hebrew means Spain, Spanish. Sfaradi is actually Spanish. We call it Sephardic because we sort of know what that means. So, thank you so much for uh, continuing to listen here. We're going to uh, Geshem Shali and sitting in New York, which is just covered with snow and does not end. I am praying at least for rain. I would much rather just sunshine and clear streets. But if we can't get that, let's get some rain. And in Israel, they do need rain a lot. Ethnics and Ohad Moshkovitz joined for this new selection recently released. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
and Ohad Moshkovitz uh, joined there with uh, Geshem Shali, posted that on our, link to that on our Facebook page, great number. And uh, it's a really cool combination of Ethnics, which is an Israeli secular rock band, and Ohad, who we know uh, as being uh, one of the stars of uh, Jewish music, seeing him at Hass concerts and others. Um, one of this, one of the great beauties of music in Israel, bringing together the different groups and the different um, sectors of the Israeli population. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, Coming up, a song by Ariel Zilber. And uh, you may be uh, aware of the amazing uh, controversy that took place last week in Israel. We spoke about it as it was happening last week on the Israel Show, which comes to you usually live. As it is now, uh, we spoke about the uh, the controversy that was brewing at that moment. Ariel Zilberitz is a 70-year-old Israeli uh, singer, songwriter, uh, very, very popular. Has written some real Israeli classics, pop music classics. Um, Betty Betty Bum, Ruzi Shmulek, which we're going to play in a minute, and, and many others. And um, the uh, organization in Israel, ACUM, ACUM, which is um, there to protect the rights of uh, singers and uh, songwriters and composers, uh, they, agree, they have a yearly award ceremony, which, like, like an Oscars or Grammys or whatever. And they were giving Ariel Zilber a Lifetime Achievement Award. That's what they were giving, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, Ariel Zilber started off his career as a secular uh, Jew, and uh, at some point in the last, I don't know, few decades, became a Choser B'Tshuva and um, is a, a Chabad, uh, Chabadnik. He has a nice big white beard and he still continues to perform and still continues to compose great music, putting out albums and so forth. But some of the things that he said over the, uh, over the last few decades have been controversial. I agree, they are controversial. And he's regretted saying some of them. 
But Achinoam Nini, who was also getting some sort of an award at this uh, Akum um, affair, she decided, she's a radical uh, um, left-winger as, as much as the opinions expressed by, May, by Ariel Zilber are radical to the right. So she, a radical left-winger, decided that she's boycotting the affair. She's not coming. And she started raising a, a, a storm about uh, the fact that Ariel Zilber was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award because of the various quotes that he made. Now, the radical left, the liberals of the world, they claim that they're all for freedom of speech. We have to let everybody speak, even if we totally disagree with what they say, but we fight in order to give them the right to say what we disagree with. And yet, we find all too often that that's great. That's a great uh, um, slogan that the left has, uh, but in fact, liberals do not like free speech for people who don't agree with them. Anyway, so all the pressure worked, and Akum changed its mind. No, it didn't rescind the award, but it changed it from a Lifetime Achievement Award to something like an award for a lifetime of musical accomplishments, which was also some sort of a parva crazy thing. And at the award ceremony last week, Ariel Zilber just got up in the middle of it. I think he actually interrupted the award ceremony. He got up and he gave a little speech. And he said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't need this award. I'm very content with my life's work. And I'm happy without this award as well. But if you believe in freedom of speech and if you really think that people should be able to express their opinions, then you shouldn't be doing this. As far as I'm concerned, you can shut this whole organization down and start a new one. Um, and so we tell you this. We wonder if we should continue to play music from Achi Noam Nini. You're welcome to um, let us know via our Facebook page or by email, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com, whether you think we should uh, play Achi Noam Nini music or we should lay off for a while in uh, protest of her, uh, of her behavior. Or is that just another boycott of a boycott? I don't know. But we will play some Ariel Zilber music. And here is his classic, Kursi Shmulek. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's see you. 
ציון. את שותה עוד כוס קפה ונזכרת איך בלילה הוא הופיע Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galitza Hal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Here's this week's installment. In a previous Meir Milim segment, we discussed the Hebrew word for north, tzafon, related to the word tzafon, hidden, because the sun is hidden in the north. It never shines there. Today, we're going to look the other way. To the south. To the west and to the east and to the north and to the Negev, to the south. So the Torah uses the word Negev for south. And being that in the land of Israel, the south is a desert where it is arid waterless and dry, it comes as no surprise that later on we find that the word Negev comes to mean something that is dried out. The Yerushalmi discusses a situation that we're not very familiar with. There was a time when the land of Israel had too much rain and the people had to pray for it to stop. Here's the description of what happened when the rain stopped. Nashvaharuach the winds blew, v'nit pazru ha'avim, clearing the sky of the clouds, v'zach ha'achama, the sun shone, v'nit nagva ha'aretz, the ground that was flooded, dried up, nit nagva. We see Chazal using the word negev, not just the south, but to mean dried out. We find the same thing in the Gemara and Bavakama, describing someone putting things on a flat roof in the sun in order for them to dry out. Ma'alek kankanim al-hagag, bringing things up to the roof, al-menat linagvan, in order for them to get dried out. Again, the word negev, which in the Torah just means south, 
now also becomes to mean dry out because the Negev in Israel is the dry, parched desert. But in modern Hebrew, when we say linagev, we don't mean to put something out to dry in the sun. In modern Hebrew, linagev means to use a cloth or a towel to dry something off, like many husbands and the dishes. Linagev in Chazal means to leave something out to dry in the sun or on its known. Linagev in modern Hebrew means to actively dry something with a towel, which begs the question, did Chazal have a separate word for wipe something off, dry it off with a cloth or a towel? Yes, they did. Servant in yellow and porous is he. In English, the word for an absorbent substance with which we dry things off is a sponge. Listen, the main letters, S-P-G, sponge. Now, let's look at the way Chazal describe the Kohen Gadol, on Yom Kippur, going down to the mikveh, getting wet, coming out, and drying himself off with a towel. If you daven Sfard, you're familiar with it from Musaf of Yom Kippur. Otherwise, you can find it in the Mishnah and Yuma. Yarad v'taval, the Kohen Gadol goes down into the mikveh and his tovel, Allah, gets out v'nistapeg, dries himself off, nistapeg, sponge. That's right, Hebrew and English both use the same word, and both took it from the Greek. And so in modern Hebrew, to absorb something is lispog. And that's why a Hanukkah treat that is absorbed with oil, safug bashemen, is called a sufganiyah. When Eliezer ben Yehuda, the reviver of modern Hebrew, looked for a word to describe a towel, he came up with magevet. Makes sense. Negev is the dry place. Lenagev is to wipe something off and dry it out, and you do that with a magevet. So, let's bring it all together. The Torah's word for south is Negev. It becomes associated with the dry, parched desert, and hence, lenagev is used by Chazal to mean to put something out to dry. In modern Hebrew, to dry out is liyabesh, and to wipe something and dry it with a towel is lenagev, and the towel is a magevet. The sfog, which Chazal used as drying off something with a cloth or a towel, became in modern Hebrew what we call a sponge. And lispog is to absorb, and the Hanukkah treat, absorbed with oil, is a sufganiya. And that's this week's Meir Milim segment. My name is Meir Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Ufaratsa, 
Naomi Shemer singing her classic Anashim Tovim Be'emtza HaDerech, Good People, Great People, and speaking of good people, Nefesh Benefesh sponsors the Israel show. Nefesh Benefesh, they're really good people, and they bring good people to Israel. They uh, provide for potential olim great resources to make each individual's aliyah as successful as possible. Their charter flights, oh my gosh, what can we say about their charter flights? What a genius, brilliant idea to fill an entire El Al plane with olim Kharashim, families, singles, people, uh, young men and women going to serve in the army. They all come together on a flight that takes them to Israel. A lot of the paperwork for their aliyah is done on board. And when they arrive, there is this amazing, emotional, exciting celebration that takes place at Ben-Gurion Airport. That is the way to welcome Olim. Boy, before Nefesh Ben-Nefesh, you know what used to happen? Every family would come. They would be taken into some uh, office where a pakid, uh, a civil servant, would sit there and, and have them fill out papers. The kids would be crying. Nobody would really pay any attention to them. Nefesh Benefesh literally has revolutionized Aliyah and made it exciting and made it easier. Of course, they also provide needs-based financial aid to people who are looking to make Aliyah as well. Go visit their website, www.nbn, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and uh, get to their Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Nefesh Benefesh. We thank them. We are proud that the Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They are revolutionizing Aliyah. We are uh, getting a lot of great response on our Facebook page. We thank you for your likes. We're up to 196. Oh, 200 is just so close. We're going to do it. We're going to do it this week. Next week, we're going to hit 200 likes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show. We welcome our newest likers, Darren, Monica, Tamar, Aryeh, and Raz. Thank you for participating and uh, getting involved. We uh, loaded up to our Facebook page, a link to Naomi Shemer, Classic Anashim Tovim. As we do throughout the show, we um, will uh, keep you up to date with not only the music that we play, but also news stories that we discuss. Here is Galia Tari with Mitriot. We're continuing the rain theme because Israel needs a lot of rain. And here in New York, boy, Northeast, we need rain just to clear away the snow. It is insanely crazy. Galiatari Mitriot, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Smile. 
את מכוונים את העיריות, מנגנת את תזמורת של מוכר המטריות. Galiatari Mitriot here on the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingart. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. Well, this story is, is really so popular in Israel, but I've, it's really it's been covered by everybody. PBS, J Post, Reuters, of course, The Forward, JTS, everybody, everybody's covering this story. And in Israel, it's big news. Yes, yes. The Sephardim are finally getting something. <laughs> I'm reading this from Yisrael Hayom. We'll post a link to it a little later. Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand of Spain must be rolling in their graves, says the paper. The government in Madrid on Friday approved legislation that would allow descendants of Jews who were exiled from Spain in the late 1490s 
in the late 1400s, I should say, it was 1492, exiled from Spain, allowing them to be naturalized in the country without having to give up their former citizenship. Okay, so it's not so simple, but here's what's happening. For whatever reason, the government of Spain, and this is a trend that's been going on for several decades, if not longer, has been looking to make some sort of amends to the Jewish world, the Jewish people, the Jewish community. Remembering that about 500 years ago, they expelled the Jews from Spain, and uh, we all know the terrors of the Spanish Inquisition. Remembering that, the government of Spain is looking to do something for uh, Jews who are descendants of people who were victims of the Gerush uh, Svarad, the expulsion, and of the Spanish Inquisition. And so, there's a law that has not been passed, and that's part of the disinformation. The law passed one of the um, one of the levels that needs to uh, get through in Spain. In America, you know, it goes to the House and then the Senate and then the President and so forth. Well, in Spain, they also have a number of steps that a law needs to uh, go through in order to become law. So the law has gone through one such level. It is not yet the law. But the proposal is that Jews who can prove in some way that they are descendants of Jewish families that lived in Spain during the golden age of Spain the, from, uh, for about three or 400 years, ending in 1492, if they can prove that they are, then they would be allowed to become citizens of Spain. Well, it's not so simple. Yes, they would be allowed to become citizens of Spain and would not have to give up their other citizenship, which is currently in, in, not allowed in Spain. If you're a citizen of Spain, you can't be a dual citizen anywhere else. But there's also a requirement in Spain that you live there for two years to become a Spanish citizen. And so far, that seems to still be in the law. I don't see many Israelis or many Sephardim going to live in Spain for two years in order to get citizenship. Um, and there are also other requirements. Now, how are they going to know if you are, in fact, a descendant of one of these families that lived in Spain? There, there are many. Conversos, Moranos, they were called. Conversos, some of these names are, are derogatory, not necessarily positive. These are the names used throughout history that we know. How can you prove? Well, that's going to be very hard, too. One of the ways that they're proposing is by your last name. If you carry a family name that goes back to these uh, generations and generations to Spain, then that would be one, one part of your being able to prove that your family comes there. For example, if you speak Ladino, which was the Yiddish of the Spanish Jewish community, that would be one part. Uh, if you have... Um, a, a certain type of ketubah in which it says uh, certain um, uh, families that came from Spain have in their ketubah that they are a family that used to live in Spain. Things like that. They're going to be using those measures. Now, there's a list, a huge list. There are thousands of names, a list that the Spanish uh, Jewish Federation put out of last names that might indicate that you are from one of the converso families. And I'm so excited because Uziel is one of those families. Yes, we know my family uh, from my mother's side. My mother, who's listening uh, right now, um, is, uh, is uh, an Uziel. Her grandfather, her Avbencion Meir Chai Uziel, was 
the Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, his family, our family, goes back to Spain, and we know this, in fact, because in Amsterdam, which is where they went to when they were thrown out of Spain, in the uh, Spanish-Portuguese synagogue there, you can literally see the name Uziel on the wall as it was painted, you know, uh, um, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, some of the other names, Kadosh, Faraj, um, Abarbanel, everybody knows Don Yitzhak Abarbanel, the great uh, biblical commentator, was also, he was a high minister in the government in Spain. He was thrown out, that's another one, Schlesinger, Schlesinger, boy, that's weird. I wonder where that comes from. We have to research that. Schlesinger is one of the, I thought that was a German Jewish name. Ben Ezra. Ibn Ezra, we know, one of the Rishonim, also comes from Spain. Maimon, the Rambam, came from Spain. That was his last name, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon. That was his father's name. Maimon became a family name as well. All these names and many others. So it's not so simple. They're not giving out citizenship so quickly. I was wondering, why is, why is it so important? Like, what's the big excitement over this? What, what, what do you gain by becoming a Spanish citizen? Well... For one, if you're a Spanish citizen, you become actually a, a citizen of the European Union, which, is, which I understand is a, a pretty valuable thing to have. The European Union is, is big, and uh, becoming a citizen of the European Union allows you entry to many of these countries without any question. Um, and it's, it's rather sad, but many Israelis think about having a way – to get out of the country in case things go bad. I know, it sounds crazy. And I think it's a small minority of people, but people do think that. And until now, many of the Ashkenazic Jews were able to apply for citizenship in countries of their birth or their parents' birth, whether it's uh, uh, Hungary or, or Germany or, or others. And now the Sardom feel, okay, well, we have ability as well, because most of them, their list stop was an Arab country, and they're not getting citizenship in Iran or in Egypt or, or, or in Libya, for that matter. Um, but I'll tell you this. I have a feeling that the minute this is finished, and it's going to take a few years, and a lot of Jews, Sephardic Jews, become citizens of Spain, they're going to find a way to tax us, boy, that we're going to regret the day that we did it. So that's the newest rage in Israel, Sephardim who are trying to figure out whether they can become citizens of Spain. So we looked for a good song to end this segment with, and we found one. Rabbi Shlomo Ibn Gabirol. In Israel, everybody knows Ibn Gabirol because it's a main street in Tel Aviv. But Ibn Gabirol, Shlomo Ibn Gabirol, was a Sephardic Jew. He lived in Spain from uh, 1021 to 1058, that, those are the years that he lived. He was a poet, and we know uh, many of his beautiful poems that he wrote. We use them during some of our slichot and other tefilot. And uh, Barry Sakharov put out um, an album of songs uh, of Shlomo Ibn Gabirol. So I call it Ibn Gabirol Rocks and Rolls. This is Shir Hamayim, Kichlot Yeni. It's a wine-drinking song that Ibn Gabirol wrote. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Sephardic Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Okay. 
Our congratulations to Yonatan Razel for winning the uh, best song of the year 2013 for that one, Katonti, a beautiful one off of his album, Ben Hatzlidin. We're going to end off with a Naomi Shemer classic sung by another classic, Yehoram Gaon, Odloa Haftidai. But first, we will say thank you. Thank you 
so much for listening and making us a part of your day. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. We're really close to 200. Keep them coming. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Nefesh Benefesh. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Following us on the stream, Aryeh Lightstone with Tech Talk. Stay tuned for that. And after that, great music Monday mix as prepared by Mark Zamek. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Yeah. <laughs>